If you are anything like me, walking into a room full of people you don't know is very intimidating. Well, I just did this at PodFest. I decided to buy myself a ticket to a podcast conference that I had never been to before, and I didn't know anyone going. It was one of the scarier things I think I've done in my business. And by scary, I mean like uncomfortable things because I am not typically someone who will walk into a room and start a conversation with someone. It's I'm very introverted. I'm very uncomfortable in those situations, but I decided to face this fear anyway. And I'll be completely honest. I thought that I could convince someone that I knew to go (laughs) and I never did. So I packed up my bags, I headed to Orlando, and I went to PodFest for my first PodFest ever. And the only person I semi-knew was someone I met in a Facebook group a week beforehand. Yes. (laughs) One week beforehand, my friend from my peer mastermind, Megan, she actually posted in the group and was like, is anyone going? So I met up with her and another friend from the group, and we got to connect. And from there, we met new people, and the group continued to grow. And so I went to dinner one night with four of my new friends, and we all really got to connect and bond and get to know each other, and it was wonderful. So after PodFest, I decided, you know, it would be really nice to kind of debrief a podcast conference, because I've never done that before. And this is my second podcast specific conference. So we decided to all jump on a call. So today I want to introduce you to four of my new friends that I met at PodFest and I never would have connected with them had I not done the uncomfortable thing. So let me really quickly introduce you to who they are, what they do and what their podcast is. First, let me introduce you to Ashley. Ashley Dixon Ellison has been in the podcasting world since 2018 with the launch of Unabridged, a podcast all about books, and that's her podcast. After a career in education, Ashley transitioned to full-time podcast work with clients in the spring of 2021. Ashley founded and runs Unabridged Digital Media Solutions, where she supports podcast launches, offers podcast consultations and coaching, and provides ongoing podcast management with a full suite of services for several partners. Now, Ashley and I actually connected at a podcast editors meetup, and she is one of my first good friends that I have met and connected with that does exactly what I do. And I'm so excited to continue to grow in this friendship and relationship with Ashley because it's just really, you'll hear us talk about it in the podcast, but it's really important to connect with people who do what you do and to be able to talk to them about best practices, what's working for you. We had so many conversations during this conference about this exact thing. And it was just so relieving to know that the issues I've found in my business, she has also seen in hers. And we can work together to come up with solutions that are beneficial to both us and our clients. The next person I want to introduce you to is Megan Siemens. She is a certified life and energy coach who helps people balance out their life and step into their next level of leadership. She teaches clients how to integrate their human design so they can lead their life, love, work, and everything in between on purpose. 
Centered on ease, Megan coaches people to stop second guessing themselves so they can crystallize their vision into reality. After helping hundreds of humans around the globe, Megan's been named the Clarity Queen as her coaching provides rapid clarity for people to go from frozen in time to magnetically in motion. Like your energetic fairy godmother, she'll help you turn your overwhelm into ease, your doubts into superpowers, and your fears into confidence. You'll find Megan sharing her joy and wisdom on places like Tiny Buddha, Elite Daily, and numerous podcasts. So Megan actually attended PodFest in preparation for her podcast launch, which details will be coming soon, so make sure you head to the show notes to follow her on Instagram. Now, the final guests of the episode are Sam and Elliot. They dive headfirst into all things human connection with something more human. Driven by countless conversations with individuals from all walks of life, the desire for authentic in-person connection is evident. Delving into the intricacies of human relationships, from the nuances of romantic partnerships to navigating the challenges of making friends as adults and even cultivating a supportive community as an entrepreneur, something more human not only inspires an escape from superficiality and a return to real deep connection, but shares tangible tips and strategies for listeners to implement in their own lives. The Something More Human movement is reviving the lost art of connection by blending intimate podcast dialogues with the joy and need of real-life community gatherings. So make sure you connect with Sam and Elliot over on their podcast and on Instagram at Something More Human. Now let's dive into this episode where my four new friends who were just strangers a week ago come together to share about our own experience and what we took away from this conference. Hey y'all, welcome to the Clocking In Podcast, the podcast for podcasters, entrepreneurs, and professionals making their way in the working world while building their own personal brand in the podcasting industry. I'm your host, Haley Gaffin, owner of Gaffin Creative, a podcast production company for creative entrepreneurs. If you're a podcaster or even just dreaming about launching your own podcast someday, this show was built to help you merge your love of conversation, education, and business. You can find resources, show notes, and more for the Clocking In Podcast at gaffincreative.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Mike Check Society, a community that was built for podcasters who are looking to take their podcast from good to great. Scale your podcasts, improve your processes, and connect with your listeners through our educational trainings, our private members-only community, and our monthly calls. If you're ready to join us, you can head over to micchecksociety.com and enroll today. And you can get $10 off per month with the code podcast. Now let's clock in and get to work. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I am excited for today's conversation because I have a few friends on with me today who I actually just met last week at PodFest, which is a conference for podcasters. So I have Sam and Elliot, Megan and Ashley. I am so thankful y'all are here and we're just going to kind of bop around on this conversation as I ask questions and whoever wants to answer can answer. Um, But first and foremost, I want to know how y'all heard about PodFest and why you ended up choosing to attend it. I heard about PodFest I started looking in 2019, 2020 to see, and PodFest was, even then, one of the ones that really came up as being a prominent choice. And so the first time I went was March of 2020, 
And of course, March of 2020 brought about, I mean, almost the, it was almost immediately after the like flights, everything changed. So um, I went in 2020, I had a great experience, but then a lot of the things that I gained from that, everything changed so fast after that, that really it was focusing on, you know, switching to remote recording. I had been with my host, my co-host before that and things like that. And so the shift, things kind of shifted away, but I was excited to go again because I knew it had been a good experience at that time. Awesome. And how about you, Sam and Elliot? So we're brand new to podcasting. So we heard about PodFest through Buzzsprout, which is where we host our podcast. And I was fresh off the heels of a business conference. So I kind of had this little fire lit around, okay, conferences are a super cool place to learn in a concentrated way to meet a bunch of like-minded people. In 2024, I told Elliot we should go to some kind of conference. And when we saw the email from Buzzsprout, we were like, okay, this is the first step to launch us in 2024 in a way that feels meaningful, especially being baby podcasters. And what about you, Megan? I also heard about it through Buzzsprout like a few days before (laughs) it was actually happening. So I wasn't familiar with PodFest itself, but I was just like super jazzed about podcasting. And I was just like reflecting with a friend and saying that I wanted to go to more in-person events this year. And so it kind of just aligned really perfectly for me. One, it's in the city I live in. Two, was wanting to go to events. And then also it just was aligned with like what I was super excited about, which is podcasting. (laughs) That's awesome. I also had gone to a conference right before the, uh, before PodFest and I had already planned to be attending because I'd gone to podcast movement. Um, when was that? In August of last year. And it's the first time I had gone to a conference for podcasting. And I was like, I really love the, like getting outside of my industry because while I am in the podcasting space, it's very much in a creative educator and like people who have turned side hustles into their careers. That's my industry. And so getting to hear how other niches of podcasters are actually pursuing podcasting and monetizing and all the things was really cool to me. Did y'all have any expectations going into a podcast conference like this? I feel like maybe my situation is unique. I don't know about Megan or Ashley, but that this is my first conference ever in my entire life, I believe. Yes. So I think that I had like these like specific visions of like a like because the conference she went to BBD, um, it was like one main room, and so there were like mm. what was it two one or two thousand people? A thousand people in one room, one track. So I kind of had that in my mind, and that was a little bit overwhelming for me. Like oh my gosh, like seems a little seems a little stressful, but mostly mostly like mostly excited, nervous energy, right? Like it's always hard to meet new people. There's always some social anxiety, but I had this vision of just like you know this massive room with thousands of people at the same time which obviously it wasn't that way. And I think maybe that's maybe in some ways a good thing. But yeah, that, that was my initial vision of what it of what it might be like. So yeah. I think because I decided to go so last minute, I, I like didn't have time to create expectations around it. But to hearing you say that, Elliot, I guess those are the kind of conferences I'd been to before. And so I was expecting kind of these big rooms, like, pump up sessions I that would have been my vision of what a conference (laughs) is going into it but I also feel like I didn't have a a chance to give it like full expectation thought you know 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had done, I'm coming from education before making the switch to podcasting full time. And I went to some conferences that were really awesome. I think the thing that really stood out to me, and maybe I didn't expect this, but really appreciated it, is that how open and welcoming everyone is. And not that people aren't in the other conferences I've been to, but a lot of times people are going, I went with fellow teachers, I went with people in my team, you know, those kinds of things. And a lot of people were traveling that way. And so while certainly I met other people, it wasn't so easy to get to know. I mean, like I met you all and I feel really close to you and I'm so glad that we got connected. I think that that part stood out to me. So maybe I did not expect, I, would, I this is the first time I think I've gone by myself to a conference and I did mm-hmm. not expect it would be so easy to just feel comfortable. And I definitely had some anxiety about, you know, making connections and those kinds of things. And then that all was just really great. So yes, I relate to that a whole lot, because I had never been to a conference by myself where I didn't know anyone else. And Megan and I actually had connected prior because we are in a like, peer mastermind together. Um, But we had never actually talked or connected outside of like, hey, you want to meet at Starbucks in the morning and we'll actually meet? (laughs) Um, But I will encourage anyone listening, like if you see a conference that you want to go to, but you don't know anyone else going, still go because it is, it sounds really hard to make friends and I am very introverted. I do not enjoy networking. I don't, I just don't. Um, But most conferences will put you in situations where you actually have to go and meet people mm-hmm. and talk to them, and it makes it pretty easy. Um, yeah. I would I would almost encourage people to go alone, to not bring a friend. Yeah. Not that I don't love Elliot. Obviously, <laughs> I do. But there's something about going with someone that you know. They're kind of a safety net. And yeah. so when you start to feel that anxiety or, like, that edge of your comfort zone, you just – turn to them and start talking. And what there are so many other people who are alone. So it's a little more natural when you're alone to just turn to the person next to you and say, hey, I'm Sam. How, how are you? Like, what's your podcast about? Is this your first pod fest? So I almost actually, Elliot and I did end up splitting up a few times to sort of help cultivate that. Mm-hmm. But it's such a great safe space. Like you mentioned, Ashley, people are so welcoming. Like, go alone and it'll be so fruitful. I'm trying to think of how I met each of you individually. And I think as soon as you meet one person, I feel like the entire world opens up, right? Like once you find, you are saying go alone and I, and I agree, but once you meet the first person, then I feel like there's just some sort of camaraderie and there's like this energy that you're like, okay, like we can do this together. Now we can have, you know, it just opens up conversation. That's kind of how it happened for the four, for the five of us where we met in that room. And once you meet yeah. one person, I feel like you're good to go. The rest of the time is going to be kosher. It's going to be, it's going to be great. And that's kind of my experience with, with our first conference, with my first conference. So, Yeah, I to give the clarification on meeting in the room. So we, the five of us actually met after a networking talk in a like networking workshop. Um, well, not all of us, I guess Megan and I met and then Ashley and I mm-hmm. met at uh, the editors meetup. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. something that this conference did was they had meetups that you could like individuals could create the meetups, um, that were attending. So Ashley and I actually met at Chewy's for dinner, um, with a bunch of other editors and I knew no one there. Like I went in very skeptical of like, what am I doing? I'm walking into a restaurant in a place I don't know with nowhere, <laughs> like no one with me. Um, 
but it turned out really cool because I, you know, I got to meet. So I did like that they did that at the conference. Yeah. And just to echo what you said, Elliot, about when you first got there and, and you and Sam were together, but similarly, I went or maybe just walked through when that was all going on that first night and even waiting in line to check in. There were some things where immediately I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not in a good way. <laughs> so it just right at the beginning, it was kind of like, I felt overwhelmed. I was like, whoa. Um, I felt a little bit like, and I think this is true at every conference, some people are like ready to give you their 60 second spiel. And I got a lot of that just right at the beginning. And I mean, I want to hear about people's podcasts and I think that's awesome. But I was like, whoa, I'm also very introverted. And so I just was like, oh my gosh. And then I think that the reason I wanted to mention is because I just was like, okay, I need to find some food. I need to regroup. And then everything was great. And the rest of the conference was fantastic. So I just feel like there can be those moments of like trepidation where it's like, oh my gosh, like, whoa, what have I done? And then I think it's just being able to step past that. And then exactly like going into those networking events and some of them might be fantastic and some of them might not. But I think that that is definitely how I connected with you all as individuals was like getting to, you know, get out of the big session and then actually have a conversation with people. Mm -hmm. Pulling on this thread of like how we met I think there's also opportunity at conferences to be like, oh my gosh, I follow that person on Instagram. Or like, I know this person from the internet. I saw Megan's face and I was like, I think I know her. So I ran over and I was like, are you Megan? And I think that there's a lot of opportunity for that, especially in conferences that have Facebook groups formed before the event. You can kind of start making those connections and it's totally okay and not weird and normal to go up to someone and say, oh my gosh, I think I follow you on Instagram or I think we're friends on Facebook or are you so-and-so? And there's a good chance that they'll be friendly back. It obviously worked out for us. <laughs> yes, I agree. My next question was, did you have a goal when you went into the conference? Like, was it education? Was it sponsorships? Was it networking? Or did you even set a goal? I think my goal was just to like soak as much in as I could just because I was so like bright eyed and eager about the podcasting world and uh, feel like I didn't have a lot of knowledge on it. So like my goal was probably to soak up as much as I can. Similarly to the thread everyone was just pulling on, did not expect to make as many connections and network as I did. Yeah, I think same, same thing. And I think there were obviously some some hiccups that happened at the event. Obviously I think that those things happen technology hiccups but I think the what made the event so special was that was that I I wasn't really I was hoping that we would make a lot of friends but Sam I kept having this expectation from BBD that was Sam went to she didn't meet she didn't talk to as many people as she thought she would we made so many friends the four you know the three of you and many other people that was an expectation obviously to soak up as much as we could because we're brand new we only have seven episodes out um but I think that's the thing that I liked most about PodFest was like the the community aspect, I was not expecting that. I really was not expecting to to make even a few friends. And we made, I don't even know, eight or nine mm-hmm. or 10 connections that we feel like we can, we're actually, you know, still talking to them already, or we're, we're still talking to them and we'll be. Um, and that was, that was amazing. That was my favorite part about, about PodFest was just all the people that we met, um, of course, including the three of you. So I think it in- 
I had back to this expectations question. I had kind of put the sessions on a pretty high pedestal coming off of a conference. That was my first conference ever. So that kind of set the baseline of my expectations. And it was pretty over the top. Like it was very well produced. It was one track, which puts a lot of pressure on like those sessions. And so after the first day, I sort of reset myself and said, okay, if I detach my expectations from the sessions and I just put them on making meaningful connection with the other people in the room, even if no sessions happened or if we didn't go to a single track, this would still be valuable. And just sort of being intentional in that way, that kind of changed the game for me a little bit. I did enjoy a lot of the sessions, but the the actual human element and the meeting the people and like chatting big ideas with people who are doing similar things that's totally like unparalleled and and invaluable. You make a good point because I definitely went in with, I was hoping to learn more in podcasting education. And I think because I'm so in it in my everyday job that the education fell a little short for what I was hoping for. Um, I still got a lot out of a lot of the sessions I went to, but I too had to reset my like goals and expectations of what was going to come out of it. And it wasn't going to be, okay, I'm going to be the most knowledgeable podcaster after this event. It was, I'm going to see what other people are doing, what's working for them. And again, the networking piece of like getting to connect with other people really shined brighter than I thought it would because I was not expecting to make a single friend (laughs) at this conference. (laughs) What about you, Ashley? Yeah, absolutely. That I think I was really focused on the sessions and there were some that were great. And there were also some that the person said one or two things that were just like, oh my gosh, why have I never thought of that? You know? And so there were those moments. And so that was awesome. But more than that, for sure, it was meeting you all. It was feeling other people's passion for what they are doing. That was the part that was so, I didn't know how badly I needed that boost just to be revitalized and to be around other people who believe in the thing that they are producing and getting their ideas out there in the world. I mean, that was really exciting. And so I do think absolutely that similarly, I was kind of like, okay, I came in thinking I would need these things, but then what I really need is these other things. And I'm getting them. And so, but I mean, Haley, you are the first person I think I have met in real life who does podcast production. And I desperately need, I mean, I was just like, oh my gosh, I probably asked you 450 questions in the first hour I met you, which might've been a little overwhelming, but I was just (laughs) like, this is all that I've saved up all this time of not having other people that I could turn to, to ask. And that, that just means so much. I think we just we can really level up a lot by having those things and by having the people connected. And so, yeah, all of that was really great, but I I did not go in expecting those things. Yeah. I also had a plan of like, I'm going to go meet every sponsor and see if I can connect with them and get my clients some sponsorships and very quickly realized how overwhelming the expo hall was and how cramped it felt. And so every time I'd walk in there, I'm like, Mm, I got to leave. I got to get out of here. So I actually did not even touch my goal. Like the, my original goal was 
I'm going to go and connect with sponsors get my name out there and see what I can do for my clients. And I, I just like got too overwhelmed. So I shifted that goal very quickly on day. It was, I think it was 10 minutes after the expo opened and I was like, no, I got to leave. <laughs> Well, and that was a space that it was also just like not conducive to, it's funny because there were other places where we could talk so easily and it, but it was loud and very difficult to just navigate hearing people and kind of talking to somebody Mm -hmm. one-on-one with so much going on. So yeah, that was kind of a hard, I do think that's probably typical of all the conferences, but it was a hard space to do any kind of talking in. Yes. We talked a little bit about the tracks and how there were different tracks. So like, um, to ref to give back story, there were like a beginner track monetization growth track. I'm, I know I'm missing a couple, but as attendees, do you prefer to have one track or the option to choose different tracks? I'm actually so curious to hear Sam because she just went to a conference <laughs> recently. I'm going to, I'm just going to plant and then I can pass it on to someone else. I think I like one track. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Honestly, I think that like a sentiment that Elliot and I talk about sometimes is because we're married and we're so different. We feel like we can live two full lives together. So it was kind of nice to have the option to split up and tackle two sessions at the same time. Um, I think the benefit of having one track is I think PodFest was either comparable size or slightly bigger than the conference I went to in December, but because of the physical orientation, it didn't feel that big and it felt sparse at times. So having one track gives you this kind of like intangible energy because there's Mm. literally a thousand people in the same room. Mm. Um, and then it puts a lot of pressure on the producers to make sure that the track, the single track is like over the top, amazing, awesome, totally worth your money. And so I don't know if that means that those types of sessions are usually better or more, you know, revolutionary, but it was also nice. I think, I mean, it is what you make it right. Like it was nice for us to come back together at the end of the day and say, okay, what'd you learn from that session? Here's what I pulled from this session or we're two different people. We got different things from the same session. Yeah. I think because we're new, I, I liked that there were multiple tracks because we're new. Like we're, we're still learning from, you know, there's still so much to learn in, in each of these tracks. Right. Um, and, and I think that we did get some really good, valuable information that I feel like maybe it, it, it might feel more cohesive to have one track. Um, and I, th- I think that you're right about the energy. Like I think the energy matters and some of them were very sparse, but I also like the fact that we were able to get up and walk around. I think that even though this seems like inconsequential, I think that it was a good thing that we could get up and literally exercise, walk down the hall, you know, two minutes to a different track. And then if we wanted to get up again, walk around, I think if I was at BBD, Mm -hmm. I'm like ADHD. I'm like, you know, constantly kind of like shifting around. If I was in one room for eight hours a day for three days, that's too much for me, I think. Yeah. I'll echo that. Like my brain was definitely fresher at PodFest because of those like micro breaks. I have done conferences with both options and I've enjoyed different things about different ones. The change of scenery is really nice when there are multiple tracks. I think my biggest hesitation with doing conferences that have that many, as many tracks as PodFest had was the quality 
um, of which the content is being delivered um, or the, the experience of the speakers even. Um, Not that I had like a terrible, terrible experience or anything with any of the speakers. It was just what I thought I was going to be getting out of a session. Wasn't necessarily, it didn't match um, either the title or the description. And I think that happens when, you know, a team of people is working to put together seven different tracks with eight or nine sessions in each one every single day. Um, so I think that would be my reason for going the other direction and having one track, but also being able to skip sessions is really nice. And no one noticed that you're skipping them Mm. because you just need time to yourself or you still have work to get done because you're still technically working. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Did you have a similar experience, Ashley? Yeah, I, so she podcast is a different group, but they had a one day event leading up to PodFest that, that they kind of overlapped a little bit, but it was like the not before a lot of the main stuff was happening with PodFest. And so I went to that on the Thursday of the conference and there were things I did really like about it. I really enjoyed, I think I met people in the room that also, it was nice on the first day to do it because I knew exactly where I was going and then I just stayed there. And so there was some comfort in that, but then some of the sessions were really applicable to me and then other ones really weren't. And so that was where I saw on Friday, switching over to PodFest, where there's lots of different tracks that it was easier for me to leverage all these different choices and then get more of what I really needed. So there were still some that didn't, you know, exactly as you said, Haley, like there were things that didn't they didn't do exactly what I thought the title was indicating, or it just wasn't quite the right fit for me and some of all of that. But then there was more time I felt like on those days where I was picking that I wound up in the place where I needed to be. So I do think, yeah, benefits to both, but I was glad for both the movement of being able to come and go. And even just, I didn't feel terrible if I needed to pop out of one to head somewhere else. And that also was nice. So yeah, I I think I appreciated the flexibility. What was one either educational talk that really stood out to you or one lesson you learned that you want to take back and implement immediately? I have kind of a double whammy. So there was a session that I attended all around sort of metrics to track. And Mm -hmm. I do have this sort of like type A logical science brain. So I want to be very invested in our data and I want to be able to analyze it in a way that makes sense and that can communicate ROI, can communicate what we're doing well, or can inform us on what we're not doing so well. So I did go to a session that I think if we were a few years into it, I may not have gotten the same benefits from, but I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that some of this information existed for me to look at. I had no idea that some of these metrics were inside of this portal or the other. That was session specific. The the other side of the coin is because we're so, like our whole podcast is about human connection and because we were so excited about all the connections we made in the room, we've kind of come away with this commitment to stay in touch with people. And so even just like booking calls, doing things like this, really make us feel like we're investing a full-time effort in what we want to be a full-time job and and project. So there's kind of two. There's that like more personal element and that stay in touch. And then there's that kind of tangible data-driven learning. Yeah. If I could add on to that, 
I think it was, I think it definitely, I don't know who said it. I wish I, I wrote it down in paper, but now I'm looking at my laptop notes. It was about like finding your tribe, leveraging your community and nurturing that community, right? Like I think that so much of life in so many ways and relationships and professional development, like it's all, it is really about like connection, right? It's about like having that community around you. And I think for Sam and I, we just moved to Denver and I think it took leaving Denver for us to realize what we had in Albuquerque, like the, the community that we have in Albuquerque. So I think now with the, with the podcast, I think it's really important to, you know, to literally write down a list of all the people that, you know, you, you would, you would think that you could include in your tribe and to nurture, to actively intentionally nurture those relationships instead of just seeing like, you know, what can I get from Haley? What can I get from Ashley? What can I get from Megan for the podcast? It needs to be a symbiotic relationship. Like, well, what can we do for you? So that's kind of the thing that I'm asking like new friends that we made in Denver. It's like, you know, here's what we're doing, but like, how can I help you? Like that, that should be the point of a, of a, of a relationship. So that was the biggest one I took is like leverage your leverage the community you have. Like you really do have one, even if it's small, you have one and, and you need to leverage it. So. Absolutely. I, I was actually shocked. I don't know why I didn't put this together prior to it being a podcast conference, but the number of podcast interviews I saw being set up just based on, Oh, that's a really cool topic. Like mm-hmm. I saw Megan ended up recording one while we were there. And cool. I was just like, why did I not think like, Oh, I could like connect with people to bring them on the show, to get them in front of my audience and, you know, expand their reach and didn't even think about it. And then Megan and I were talking about me recapping the conference. And she was like, what if, what if we all just kind of talked about it? And I was like, "Uh, why? Like, why didn't I think of that? So, um, yeah, I really, I really like the connection. And like, I think that was probably my biggest takeaway is, being able to find connections with people that I never otherwise would have met in person and being able to keep up with those relationships. I personally need to get better about it because I have a whole stack of business cards that I still have not reached out to. Um, and we're a week past the conference now at this point. So I'm like, okay, good reminder. I need to go and do that. (laughs) Haley, that's so funny that you say that because on the last day of the conference, a couple of the speakers were like, what did you guys do while you were here? I've booked six podcast episodes. I've done this. I've secured this. And I was like, oh no, like, did we do it wrong? Like, did we somehow like miss out on pulling a bunch of people into our community specifically to be guests on our podcast? Like I got a little bit self-conscious about, oh no, like we didn't book enough things. And it's like totally fine to just be in the moment and then those things come yeah. later. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, no, I, I think we may have been in the same talk when that happened. And I was like, Oh, I did like, I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> like I have a podcast about podcasting and why the heck did I not think my audience or like my ideal guest is right here in this room? Why am mm-hmm. I not connecting with them? <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but (laughs) you all already know where it's going. It was the connections and it was the reminder of how much I love connections. I haven't I used to go to in-person events all the time and haven't been to one since probably 2019. And so I forgot one, how nourishing those connections are and two, like what they actually mean because like for me it wasn't just like yeah I got to do a podcast interview while I was there which was really awesome and I have like 
four new friends sitting in this room that I feel like I'm more deeply connected to as well. So like there's this like nourishing connections piece that feels really, um, yeah, really important taking out information wise. I feel like there's so many things that have just like popped into my brain. Like while I'm doing, like I, I was doing an interview, um, earlier today and I went to, an education session on like how to be a great interviewer and like these little sparks of like the information were popping in. So I feel like there's so many little nuggets that are just like planted in my brain and they're just like, I'm naturally using them. And it's, it's really nice to feel like that. Um, yeah, I think that's a great point, Megan, about the ways that it's coming into your mind. Like I felt energized when I came, you know, I'm on the playing back and I'm like thinking of all these things. And so I felt my brain like waking up in directions that maybe it hadn't been recently. You know, I feel like it's easy to be in the trenches of what you're doing and not be able to kind of get those new fresh ideas. So I felt that, but I also this week, I don't know if this happened for any of you. I feel like I'm like swimming in the sea of overwhelm. So it's like, I took all this stuff and I was so excited. And then I got back here and as Haley was saying about the work, you know, we've got the work that we do for clients all day. Like I've got this work that's got to keep happening. Mm-hmm. And so this week I've had to be like, it's okay. I think that that is a sign that I am stretching. I mean, I think that's that feeling of discomfort that I'm taking in these new ideas and it is uncomfortable, but I have had to, in the same with the business card stack that you were talking about, Haley, all that, where I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to do these things and I've got to do that. But I also have to keep all these other things afloat. And, but then I think that what I walked away thinking about, and there were some great sessions that had like specific things, but I, it gave me permission to value the connections, to come on with you all today, to make the time and make, make it happen. And I think I needed that because I feel like it's so easy to do the work for others, or even with my own podcast to do the things I've got to do to keep our podcast coming out and get everything done. We, we do our blog post and we release our episode and we just keep rolling. And it's a lot to do that. But I have had to say to myself, and I really have been like thinking that this week and really trying to internalize it, that it is okay and important to make space and time for these bigger things that don't happen overnight and that do take energy. And so that, that I needed that I needed to kind of to see other people who were doing it and then be like, yeah, I I can do that too. And it's okay to do it. And it's okay to do it on your own time, I think is what I'm hearing you say. Like, I feel like sometimes you hear people come back from a conference and they're like, that was life changing. Like, I'm going to shoot into the stratosphere. And like, yes, there were so many amazing nuggets that we took away and so many huge ideas that we have so many people we want to stay connected with. And I think Elliot shared a similar sentiment, like, dude, there's so much to do. I feel really kind of paralyzed by how much. And I said, yes, there's a lot to do, but we don't have to do it all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And there's kind of different approaches for different people also. Like I signed up for a couple of emails, email lists that I love the people, but then like one of them, for example, I'm not exaggerating that I have gotten 20 emails this week, (laughs) 20. And I have had to be like, it is okay if I do not move at that pace, like that, it is okay. We, we are allowed to have different ways to be and not every 
thing is going to be a perfect fit. But it, I realized that one thing alone, I was like, I need to filter these messages because they are good. But I yeah. just receiving that many of them is like, is stressing me out. So absolutely. <laughs> yes. I think that like I have such an attachment to information. Like I feel like I'm a, a hoarder for data. So like I took so many notes. I took like four pages of notes and then I tried to transcribe them into my laptop and, and, you know, make them more succinct and just basically have less notes. But even the notes that I took, I'm looking back on, I kind of feel this like insatiable, like need to use all of the notes that I took. And that's just not, that's just not possible. Like you have to, I have to like realize there are going to be some things that I just can't use at this moment in time or ever. And that's going to be okay. And sometimes like freeing yourself, like deleting it if you have to, and, and letting yourself be free from that like prison of information you know like i that's what i felt that's what i meant i was i was almost like ready to check out of all of the sessions after days who i was like i can't i can't learn anything else like i've i've learned too much how can i use all of this but it's okay like just to like i highlighted a few things that i wanted to talk about today it's like even if i just use those that's that's a win for me you know so yeah that was one thing i did um at the end of every session i went through that session notes and I just highlighted the one thing that I could implement when I get back instead of everything. And if there wasn't something that could be implemented within like a 15 minute period of sitting down and doing it, then nothing got highlighted because I, like I don't that. need it. Yeah. Pro tip. I like I that. That's really cool. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay. What is one thing you are most excited to implement now that you are back, you've had time to kind of digest everything and you want to make an impact on your podcast from what you learned and not connection or networking wise. Cause <laughs> I think we all know that I was priming my brain <laughs> to be like not a connection or networking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do feel like it was such like a, a powerful experience on the networking side that I had not seen at a conference before. Um, with strangers specifically, <laughs> but yeah, anything that I'll, I can go first, actually. Um, one of mine was Mopod is, um, one of the brands that was in the expo and it's probably one of the only ones like I got a demo from and actually sat and walked through everything with, but they made it so simple for me to use. And it's basically, they pull in your RSS feed, they use AI to build an ad for you. And then they turn around and spend, it's like $100 per episode, and they will drive traffic to your podcast where you get like a certain amount of downloads. And so they did it for me, and I saw the impact in my own numbers, and I was like, okay, I wonder if this could turn into some sort of retention where like these subscribers uh, or listeners are turning into subscribers. But then I started thinking about the benefits I could have for my clients that are launching with this tool because it's literally just the click of a button. And then I started thinking about when I host podcast planning challenges, can I drive traffic to that? And that's a hundred new people that have never heard my podcast and may have an interest in podcasting. Um, so I think I'm going to start using it strategically based on episodes that have a conversion point. So whether it's driving them to sign up for an email list, getting them to download something or join a challenge. And then just making sure that every single episode I do put money behind tells them to subscribe to the podcast so that they don't lose me. Mm. Oh yeah. That's a great like point a about subscribing. I think one for me, like maybe a little bit of twofold, which is like, 
Uh, I can't remember who said it, but basically they said, you need to operate as if you're already, you know, operating a six figure business. Like that's how you should be operating at this point in time. Obviously you don't have the resources that someone who's making that much has, but you need as close as possible. You need to be operating that way already. And I feel like that's just, just those words are, it's such a shift in perspective because you feel like, okay, well we're, we're new. We only have seven episodes so we can operate like we're new. It's like, well, we can, but we don't have to, you know? And with that in mind too, like, the infrastructure, like all we have right now is, is a podcast. We don't have a funnel going to a website that's, you know, for a sign up or for an event, but like we, it, it, you know, we're trying to grow and we've, we've already seen some success. We've talked to you guys about, but we need, we need the infrastructure in place. So that way when we do, you know, get these big numbers that we have funnels that people can go to and they can click and we can see those metrics and, and grow that way. Right. Like we need to have the infrastructure in place to grow. We need to have the infrastructure in place. That way when we do pitch to a sponsor, the sponsor looks and says, you know, they have their ducks in a row, they have their shit together. And I think that's really important. You know, it's like, you've got to, you've got to prepare ahead of time. So that way, when you do, you know, blow up or however, whatever you want to say, you, you know, the things are in place and, and you can, and you can grow the way that you want to. I think Elliot and I are sharing maybe similar takeaways. Something I had been saying since we're so new is that Elliot and I each have separate businesses, totally unrelated to the podcast. The podcast is not a business. It's not a funnel for a business. But a few of the strategies that we learned at PodFest around monetization outside of like your traditional sponsorship or ad read or something like that sparked a ton of ideas for us. So we're excited to put on an in-person event. We really want to launch a community and do things that really are multiple avenues of monetization in a meaningful way. I really like that. Um, There was a girl I saw speak on monetization at the conference and she blew my mind. Like I thought, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, I know, I know enough to get by with monetization, but everything she said, I was like, I need to talk to you more. I need to was talk to you. And so I went up to, it was no. Was it Danielle? It was Danielle. Oh. Both of I, them I loved. I thought both of their presentations, like when you asked on the notes, Haley, they were the two that I wrote down as being the most standout presentations. Yes, it like crushed it. I just absolutely loved it. And I think it was people, I'm very much an action taking kind of person. Like I love to walk away from a talk where they have given me an assignment or made sparked an idea of like, oh, I can implement this in this way. Um, I'm not very big on the like motivational baseline talks, which are great in the right setting, but Danielle's was like mind blowing to me. <laughs> yeah. And she had a great example on her site of, um, I don't know if you want to link that Haley, maybe, but, um, she had a great example on her site of like what it looks like to say, Hey sponsors, here are the sponsors I currently have. Here are the people coming up. Like, so just not only was, I thought the session really great, but also I love when I can visualize what somebody's already doing and use that as a way to, you know, as a template for myself or my clients to be like, hey, this is a great example of a site that has a really nice page that you can look at to try to guide you as you're figuring out how to do that. That was also one of my favorite sessions. And I think just the monetization Um, sessions in general were really well done. I think similar to what Sam was sharing, I just got a lot of really clear ideas on, oh, I don't have to box myself in. 
I think traditionally with podcasts, I always thought I have to get sponsors. But actually, I'm thinking after PodFest, I probably won't do sponsors at all because it doesn't make sense for how I'm what the actual intention and mission was behind my show and how I want to show up in that. As of right now, sponsors don't feel like the best fit. I have great tools to use in the future if I change my mind. But I went to another session on, and this is very specific to me, on um, how to get coaching clients from your podcast. And I took just a lot of tangible um, action steps from that session in itself. Yeah, a lot of the probably listeners of the show and my clients are using their podcasts for their business mm-hmm. um, to get coaching clients to sell services, to sell products. And it's very few and far between that I actually have to connect with someone on the monetization aspect of it. It's something I want to explore more in business, but personally, I've never had a sponsor on my show. Um, I've never booked a sponsor for a client. Like they usually are handling that. Um, so it was cool to get to see that. But again, like you said, it does, it's not the right fit for every single show and to find ways to make money outside of sponsorships is always, always a good option. Yeah. And I think related to that and thinking about your audience, Healy, that, that two things that I took away from Christie's talk, um, Elliot, you just mentioned her session there both it was that people and this really resonated for me a lot of podcasters are giving away way too much for free Mm. and I needed to hear that and I think I mean I come from a background that's very much a helping space it's very hard for me to charge for things and I think that's true of a lot of people who are podcasting like we're podcasting because we're passionate about the topic and we want to share our message we want to share the message of the people we have on our show like that's the purpose but we also are a business. Like you do at least have to be able to sustain the costs, which are not non-existent. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's at minimum. And a lot of people, like you've got to not only do that, but you also need to compensate your time, the time of other people if, if you're passing things off. And so you've got to figure out how to do that. And I think hearing that you, a lot of things need to be protected behind a wall and that you can have your podcast, but you also can have these other things that are the more communal components. Um, She talked about that. And then also the big takeaway I had was that the through lines between everything are very important. And that really resonated for me because I have, I feel that my business is separate from my podcast, but when I was listening to her it made me think about how for a lot of us, even if our business is separate from our podcast, we are the person who's participating in the podcast and the business. And that matters. Like that that connection matters. A lot of people who listen to podcasts listen because they care about the host and they're there for the host. And so that really, exactly. yeah, that, that definitely struck a spark for me where I was like, I need to think long and hard about what those through lines are and then how to connect them in a meaningful way. Ashley, you reminded me a different talk. He mentioned like there should be cross promotion on everything you do. Like you have a blog, mention your podcast. On your podcast, mention your blog. Mention your coaching business. In your coaching business, mention your podcast. On your podcast, mention other podcast episodes. And I think it can often feel like as the producer of that content, 
oh my gosh, I've said that so many times, or even on Instagram, oh, I've promoted this one thing so many times. But it's not the case that every single person in your community has heard it that many times. So it's okay to cross-promote and directionally point and reiterate and just say it over and over. And that was a, a reminder I also needed to hear. For me and my podcast, it's very easy to cross-promote because I'm like, this podcast is produced by Gaffin Creative, blah, blah, blah. And it's really easy to just say that exact thing. Um, but I I don't know if I sat on sat in on that session, but I like the idea of like your audience cares about the host and they care about what you're doing and everything else. Um, I don't think I'd ever thought about it before that way. And now that like makes me want to just reiterate to clients you can talk about the things you sell. It's totally yep. fine. Um, it's not annoying. If people don't want to buy it, they're not going to buy it, and they'll just keep listening to other stuff you're doing. But the people who want to buy from you need to hear that you sell it. Right. So, I just want to admit to you all that I have never once, never once said it on my podcast <laughs> that, I, that I do this. So my goal to you that I am going to say right now for accountability is that I am going to do that. I'm going to make a point to do that because, you know, it does, again, sometimes it seems like it's obvious or like people don't want to hear it, but they also don't have an opportunity to know if we don't tell them. So exactly. I almost want to be like, Ashley, put an ad on your podcast for your business. (laughs) I know. Well, and you know, I should, because I don't know if other people are using dynamic ads. But dynamic ads are awesome, and you can just run them for short periods of time. And a lot of, like on my host now, it's free, essentially. We don't get the numbers to like charge. It's like it's free to do it. So yes, I should try it, and that would give me a chance to test something out that I need to learn more about anyway. So yeah, this is a great reminder for me, whose podcast and business are very, very connected. But I was having a conversation with Haley one of the days And I was like, should I like tell people that, you know, I have these offerings? And she's like, yeah, you need to tell people you have these (laughs) offerings. And you just reminded me of that, Ashley. And like, we can't make assumptions about the people that are listening. And sometimes people do need to hear that like very direct call to action um, in our podcasts. Uh, So I love that reminder. Yeah, that reminds me that more than once I heard people saying, and again, to you all listening, if you're doing this, I'm not going to do any more. They were like, stop asking for ratings and reviews on Apple. Apple does not pay us. Use your call to action to do something that helps you and your business and your podcast. And I heard that several times, but I needed to hear it. I mean, we're guilty about doing it on our own podcast. My clients, some of them are still doing it. And so I just needed to hear that. Like, of course, it's great if you get a review, but are there other things we need to tell our listeners instead? Absolutely. For sure. I literally wrote that down um, in one of the sessions, and I wrote, make all your clients stop saying this. The only place they should promote it is on social media. Like, yeah. ask people on social media because they will, they can skip over your content, but your call to action in your podcast should be about you. <laughs> yes. Now, if you could give one other person... Um, advice on attending their first conference, but more specifically podcast conference, what would it be? Mm, I think the thing that I was most nervous about it was like the pitch. Like I like, and I know it's not that important. I think meeting people and connecting on a human, human level is more important than like, I don't want to meet someone. And the first thing they tell me is like, you know, listen to my podcast, give me reviews, buy my thing. Like that's, you know, but I think the thing that 
held me back the most or the thing I was most insecure about is because our idea is new and it still seems kind of big. Like we haven't really niched down yet. I don't know if we, if we need to or whatever, but it, I kept thinking in my head, okay, like what exactly is it that I'm going to say when I meet somebody? And I think having, having had that and having spent more time thinking about what it was and not putting so much pressure on myself to say that exact thing every single time to every single person, because I probably didn't do it to any three of you. Um, and here we are was kind of a big deal. So I think like taking pressure off of like taking focus off of like the sale, taking focus off of like telling people about my podcast. Eventually we'll talk about it. Eventually, obviously we're at PodFest. We will talk about the podcast, but like, you know, don't put so much pressure on yourself to like have that, you know, that 15, 20, 30 second pitch to every single person, like just be yourself and, and trust that that's, that's good enough. And that eventually the conversation will lead somewhere. Also the easiest way to talk to people, in my opinion just ask people questions. Like people like to talk about themselves. Everyone does. Everyone has so many things to say, ask somebody a question. And like from that one question, a conversation will absolutely 100% start. They'll ask you a question. If they don't ask them another question, like it's, you know, just, you know, don't put so much pressure on yourself when meeting new people is my biggest advice. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm in similar alignment around like sort of taking away the transactional nature of meeting with people and just meeting people for the sake of meeting people. And I think my biggest tip or advice would be to really push the edge of your comfort zone socially. At the conference I went to in December, I, you know, there were a thousand people in the room and I left a little bit disappointed at how few people I actually did end up speaking to. A little bit of that was, of course, it was one track. The sessions were quite long. Lunchtime was really only the time we had to chat. But we met so many people at PodFest and there were even moments where I was like, oh, we should go to the Buzzsprout booth and tell them like, thanks for bringing us out here. Thanks for letting us know about PodFest. And Elliot was like, well, I don't know that Expo Hall. It's so big. There's so many people. But like, don't don't listen to that little voice and just go do it. And then we ended up having this super, super fruitful conversation with the gal at the booth. So Ignoring that tiny little voice that's like, oh, no, like, don't do not do that. Like, you could go to the bar or you could go get on your phone or you could go sit in the corner. You will regret not talking to people, but you won't regret chatting someone up. I feel like both of those are so good. I would say my advice would be remember the majority of the humans you're going to connect with are probably just as nervous or freaking out or feeling some type of way just like you are and especially in the podcast world I feel like I don't know if I don't have a stat on this but I have a inkling that most podcasters are introverts because we like to be in our cozy podcast corner and like talk to the microphone and so especially at podcast conferences like the other humans are nervous too so just remembering that and then I would also say a little challenge would be to go to some of the sessions with no intention to take notes and just like let yourself soak it in and trust that your subconscious is gonna like pick up some of the cues those are like Mm. the only tips that I have actually implemented are the sessions I didn't take notes in because my subconscious my mind just remembered it and so a little challenge for everyone. I love that. I really like that. Yeah, I think those are all really good tips. I feel like my number one thing that I would say is to the person who's on the fence about spending the money to go, and I would say it is worth the cost. 
it is worth the cost. And I think I was really unsure about that. I mean, I'm a solopreneur. I, you know, it's hard to justify. It felt like these kinds of expenses are not as tangible. So, you know, I'm going to always, I mean, it's no problem to subscribe to the tool that I have to have to do my job, you know, whereas like something like this feels like a luxury spend in some senses, but it is totally worth it because you just cannot imagine the growth that you will get from going. So that that's my big thing is like, it's worth it to go. And then just logistically, make sure you have an easy way to stay in touch with people. Megan and Haley both had it set where it was super easy to connect to their Instagram. I had these business cards that I made in the like 11th hour right before going and they were fine, but they went to my website and like I was sitting next to someone who's like trying to connect and they're like awkwardly like navigating through my website to like try to get to the contact section or whatever. So I kind of took away like it's nice to be able to connect as quickly as possible. And I mean, I had WhatsApp and I tried to do the scan on there, but for sure, like the Instagram code or something where you can just very quickly message with people, that is the thing you want is them to have your name, your picture and a way to contact you. And whatever that way is, that was the most helpful so that you're not like walking away thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know how to reach them again. Ashley, that reminded me of one more tip. Aside from business cards or like the blink, you know, like tap your phone, the digital business card, like when in doubt, get your phone out and take a picture of the person's face and their name tag. And then at the end of the night or at the end of the conference, you're not like, oh man, I met this person. I remember she has a podcast. I remember she's a producer. What's her name? Like you have this Rolodex of literally just photos of people smiling next to their name tag. I do like that because I'm very much a visual person and like being able to see someone's face. I could probably tell you the conversation I had, but if you tell me their name, I'm like, I I don't remember. Um, But to play on that, I think I connected most with people that I, like if we connected on Instagram and we DM'd about something immediately, either something we talked about or if Mm -hmm. like I had a resource I wanted to send them because of our conversation. If I did that, it made it so much easier for me to like know who it was. Like Sam and Elliot, y'all sent me a message on Instagram. Like it was great connecting with you. And I was like, Oh yeah, I talked to them in the networking thing. And then I saw you later that day. And it was like, just easy to keep up with people. I had had deeper conversations with versus the people that I got handed a business card and didn't actually have a conversation with. Mm hmm. Awesome. Well, friends, thank you so much for taking the time and chatting today and sharing about your experience. Um, I will be sure to link all of your podcasts and Instagram handles in the show notes. Um, If y'all individually will just go through and tell us how people connect with you, how people can connect with you and um, what your podcast name is as well. So I'll start with you, Ashley. So my website's just my name, Ashley Dixon Ellison, which she'll put in there for spelling purposes. And you can find me on the socials at my name also. Um, And my podcast is called Unabridged. It's about books. And my business also is unabridged. I It's unabridged digital media instead, but it makes it easy to find. If you go to unabridged, you will undoubtedly find me. So awesome. And Megan? 
you can find me all over the internet at Megan Siemens, my website, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Uh, I mostly hang out over on Instagram and always love a DM conversation. And my podcast is not launched yet, but I will announce it soon on Instagram. And it's called The Clarity Corner. And I'm very excited to reveal it. Yay! (laughs) And Sam and Elliot. You can hang out with us on Instagram and TikTok, so at Something More Human over there. Same thing on all of your favorite listening platforms. You can find us Something More Human. And we're taking some things in person, so we're doing some events across the country this year that we're really excited about. So keeping up with us on Instagram is the best way to find out if we're coming to a city near you. Yay. Awesome. Well, friends, thank you so much. I will talk to you all soon. Thank you so much for listening to Clocking In with Haley Gaffin. For resources mentioned in today's episode, head to gaffincreative.com. If you're a podcaster looking for a community that will help you improve your podcast, make sure you check out Mic Check Society, our community for podcasters who are looking to take their podcast from good to great. Enroll today at micchecksociety.com and use code PODCAST for $10 off per month. If you love this episode, I'd be honored if you'd leave me a review in the Apple Podcast app. Until next time, I'm your host, Haley Gaffin, clocking out.